Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. But today we are launching a brand new series. This is the series we will be in all the way up to Resurrection Sunday. And the premise is simply this. Have you ever had a situation in your life where you've said these words? That's not what I said. You ever had that happen? I cannot tell you how many times I have literally looked at somebody very lovingly, very kindly, and they were telling me what I had said, and my response was, that's not what I said. Now, for all the married people in the room, be very careful, <laughs> okay? But Because that's not what I'm talking about. Because I see all you guys laughing and giggling and looking at your spouse and you're elbowing them. But, you know, and for all you kids, I say kids, I'm getting older. Everybody's a kid. For all you amazing, almost adult teenagers, listen more intently because sometimes you misunderstand what we're saying. You say, well, Mickey, what makes you say that? Because we misunderstand Jesus' words. Like, all I want to do for the next few weeks is talk just about some of the things that Jesus mentioned. Jesus, I want to use, like if we had the old King James Version, remember the red letter Bibles? Like we're going to be in the red letters for the next few weeks because I want us to really look into Jesus' words. I want to talk about some of the things that I believe are the hard teachings of Jesus. Some of the things that when you, when you read them, you go, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I know what that means. And I want us to strip back the curtain and know exactly what it means. Because I believe if we understand his words, we can understand his character. And if we understand his character, we are going to celebrate come April the 17th. But I think the good starting point is to understand this whole aspect that, that a lot of people, I believe, misunderstand, not just God's word in general. And it's the reason why they don't like to spend a lot of time in it. You ever had this, made, this statement made to you? Well, I would study God's word, but I try to read it, but I just, it, just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Exactly. So what can we do to help it to make sense? Well, let's start with Jesus' word. So I've got a few quotes that I want to share with you talking about misunderstood. That is, there's one person that's been quoted more than anybody else, very, very famous person. I will tell you who it is at the end, but I want you just to listen to some of these quotes and tell me if you agree or disagree. First one, I don't mind being hated, but I hate being misunderstood. I'm like, that, that, that's pretty good. Kind of get you in that framework of, of being misunderstood. The second one I like, understanding is deeper than knowledge. There are many people who know you, but there are very few people who understand you. That right there is the pastor's mind. Be careful when you get up in here because it's going to take you a few days. It, I, I'm, I'm like one of those like labyrinth mazes. You can enter it real easy, but it takes you a few hours to find your way back out. All right. Another thing, I'm only responsible for what I say, not for what you understand. Now, I put that one in there for all of you that need that phrase. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I'm not only responsible for what I say. I'm not responsible for the way you understand it. I like this quote as well, talking about it. It says, never waste your time trying to explain who you are to people who are committed to misunderstanding you. Now, I put that one in there because some of you guys just need some freedom, maybe even with some of your loved ones that are like distant cousins and, and stuff. Like, like, don't waste your time trying to explain to people that are, are bent on the fact that they, they just not, they're going to misunderstand you. But then the one phrase that hit me the most 
the one quote that I really wanted to get to before we dive in, it says this. The greatest distance between two people is a misunderstanding. I started dwelling on this because this is what I realized. I believe there couldn't be a more true statement when it comes to people's relationship with Jesus than this quote. I believe most people's distance between themselves and God, Yahweh, the creator, is misunderstanding. They think he's something he's not. They think that he's doing something that he's not. They think that he's in charge of something that he's not. They take his words that are in his word and and they make them into something that he's not saying. And we just live in this whole concept of just simply misunderstanding. And Jesus, I wonder if he's up there going, that's not what I said. (laughs) I wonder if we do these things. And so what I want to do is is we're going to take some of the things that Jesus spoke, and we're going to dive in a little bit different. But i got to give you a premise. All right, what's a premise? I I got really intrigued with with psychology, sociology in in college, and this aspect of kind of debating and these different concepts of when people would debate and these different methods, whether it be attacking the straw man or different things like that. And and one of the things that I realized is that that there is a premise, whenever you start talking about absolute truth, there's a premise. In other words, absolute truth is something that's true no matter where it is. And those premises should be a part of every aspect when you're talking about that subject. And I want you to know that the first thing I want to give you today is one of the most quoted scriptures in the world. Now, before you wonder, and I know I forgot, like who was that famous person, right? Where did you get all those quotes? Maybe you've heard of him. He's called unknown. Most quoted person out there. But here's what I want you to catch. Listen to me. In this aspect of trying to discover who Jesus is, I think it's extremely important to get the right premise that's going to fit every saying that we are going to talk about. Like for the next five weeks, what I'm giving you as literally the introduction today, you need to apply it in God's word to every aspect of when you're looking into Jesus' teachings. The crazy part is, it is by far the most quoted, famous scripture in God's word, and we don't ever think about it being the crutch and the premise of everything. It's located in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Can I read it so you can get a right premise, and then we're going to dive into one of these hard sayings? It simply says this. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So listen to me very carefully. Three things. Three things if you're taking notes, and if you don't have paper, just write in your Bible. It's okay. It's good to have it. Three things that we get from this most famous quoted scripture that is a premise to every single thing that we're going to talk about for the next five weeks. They're absolute truths that you have to, like whenever you look at God's word, I would encourage you to take these three things and know that at no point will God's word ever compromise these three things we get from John 3, 16 and 17. The first thing, are you ready? God so loved he gave. Right beside that, God loves you. Like when you start talking about some of these hard sayings that we're gonna get into later on with, you know, to to gain your life, you got to lose it. But to lose your life, you gain it. And it's like, what? Stupid said what? Yeah, it's like, what? 
you know, like realize that at no point is there ever a time that God does not love you. It's an absolute truth. It is existent from the beginning of time. We can look in Genesis, and the reason why he created Adam was what? A love relationship. The reason why they were banished from the garden was what? Sin. But it wasn't because of a lack of a love relationship. The reason why he sent Jesus himself in the form of man is what? Because of a love relationship. The reason why he went to a cross was what? Because he loves you and he wants to have a love relationship. And no matter what was going on, whether they were in the wilderness or whether they were in captivity or whether they were, were just all hell was breaking loose in your life, there is never a point in your personal life that God is going to stop loving you. The second thing that we get from this scripture that's very simple, he said, whoever believes. This is very important. God wants everybody. Like a lot of people will talk about this, and they'll talk about like this elect or this select. God loves you, and God loves everybody. The whosoever means that it is for everybody. I remember going to Passion Conference a few years back, and Beth Moore was speaking, and she made this statement. She said, I have a message that's for all, but I'm speaking to the few. And what she was meaning was, this is a message that is for everybody, but there was only a few that were going to receive it. Second absolute truth, God not only loves you, but God loves everybody. Can I chase a quick rabbit and try to be real careful to not get myself in trouble? In which, if you look over here to the right, my wife is really honing in on me and breathing deeply saying, what is he about to say? I want you to answer a question for me. Who's not included in everybody. The people that don't think like you think, God wants a relationship with them. The people that don't think about some of the things the way you think about them, guess what? God still loves them and wants a relationship with them. Like the people that you disagree with, guess God, God loves you and God loves every body. And then the last part comes out of 17. He says, I did not come to condemn, but to save. These three absolute truths are the premise that you need to put the goggles on when you're reading Jesus' word and know that at no point will he ever compromise these three main sayings. It's the reason why most people live in a state of being misunderstood when they think about Jesus. Because they think that, well, he, he doesn't really love me. That's why this is happening. Well, he doesn't really love them because that's why that's happening. Oh, he, he's out to get them. He's trying to teach them a lesson. Listen to me. God loves you. God loves everybody. And he did not come to condemn, but he came to save. I wrote in my notes, putting it in Mickey's words, here's how I put it. God is for you. God is for others. And God wants to save all people. So the question is, well, well, Mickey, why doesn't that happen? 
Like if those three things are true, then, then why didn't it happen? Well, can I read to you the verse 18? Like we quote John 3, 16 and leave out 17, and we never get to verse 18, but listen to what it says. Whoever, that goes back to everybody, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. See, most people, when it comes to living in a state of misunderstanding Jesus, it really boils down to one simple word, belief. What they believe Jesus and who Jesus is compared to the reality of of who and everything Jesus was, is, and always will be. This aspect of belief is such a big deal that it's the premise in which everything we talk about, like as we go through this series and we get to some of these tough sayings and you're scratching your head saying, what what does that really mean? Please know, it will never mean anything that will contradict him loving you. It will never mean anything that contradicts him loving everybody and wanting them to have a personal relationship with him. And it will never contradict the fact that he did not come to condemn the world, but to save it. But the reason why we are in the situation that we are in is not because of anything that Jesus taught or who Jesus is. It has everything to do with our own belief and the lack of it, which causes us to have condemnation. You say, Mickey, that that sounds kind of different. Prove it. Okay. Can we go to our first? aspect of hard teachings that Jesus taught. It's actually what leads up to this scripture. It's this amazing encounter with this Pharisee called Nicodemus. And he talks about this aspect of being born again. And it's like, what, born again? What the world, born again? So let's just dive into it. It's chapter three, verse one. I'm going to move fairly quickly, but I want to catch this because I think there's one main point that we need to get today to help us with our belief. Because if we can't believe right, we're never going to understand correctly. What you believe dictates a lot of the things that you think and understand about. I'm not going to get into the world and political things, but what you choose to listen to and believe will dictate what you think is happening and going on. Everybody catch that okay? Did I say that appropriately enough? What you listen to and believe will dictate what you think is going on. And it's same true in God's word. So listen to this story with Nicodemus. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him. Now before I get to the, what he said, I want to give you a preface. Nicodemus, you say, what's the big deal about this encounter? Well, you need to know that when we get to Resurrection Sunday, Nicodemus and this other Pharisee called Joseph of Arimathea are the two people that take Jesus off the cross and end up creating and taking him to Joseph's tomb that he allows Jesus to borrow, and they prepare his body in Jewish custom after his death. And so Nicodemus, number one, is going to him at night. Why? Because being in the Pharisee and being where he was as a part of this Sanhedrin, it was not appropriate for him to be talking with this Jesus because Jesus was starting to show up on the scene and people were not understanding what he was saying. And because they were not understanding what they were saying, there was already this plot that we're going to have to get this guy, we're going to have to kill him, and we're going to have to get rid of him. But Nicodemus had been watching And so at night, when nobody was up, when nobody would see who he was, he snuck 
where Jesus was. And he has this encounter, and listen to what he says. The first thing is, listen to how he approaches him. And he said to him, verse 2, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. You remember how we've talked before about the law of the harvest and that you know, depending on the seed that you sow will dictate the fruit that you receive. In fact, Scripture even talks about there'll be many false prophets and many different people that are going to speak into your life. But you'll know the one that the truth because you will know them by their fruits. And it's this amazing universal law of the harvest that, that me and my wife are, are getting ready to plant a garden here before long. And, and it's really not that hard. Why? Because I know that if I want corn, it's very simple. I plant corn. Where it gets difficult is when I throw down okra seed and I get upset because I didn't get corn. Like where it gets difficult is when I sit there and go, boy, I'd really like to have some green beans. Let's go down to Bradley Central and go to their, their, you know, their, their greenhouse back here. We're going to get some tomato plants. And we're going to sit here and we're going to hope for green beans. Well, that, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, does it? But it's amazing how we look at this law of the harvest when it comes to the seeds that we plant and the things they represent and the fruit that they go. And we go, wow, that is really cool and how it works in this earth, but it doesn't fit me when it comes to my spiritual life. Listen to me. Scripture is very clear that if you don't want to reap the whirlwind, then don't sow seeds of destruction. And one of the aspects is don't live in a spirit of misunderstanding. And so he comes to him and says, hey, man, listen. He calls him rabbi first, which is teacher. I will chase one more quick rabbit. That's more than what we think about because in this time when Jesus talks about taking this yoke upon you for my yoke is easy or light, the aspect that's there is a rabbi would be somebody you would sit under and you would take their teachings and you would become their disciples. In other words, you would quit challenging them because you've accepted them as being truth, so you quit, quit challenging. Now you just start accepting and you start living by it. That's the yoke that you would take on. And you would be a part of these different philosophers or different teachers and in the temple, and you'd say, wow, I align with these people. And you would take their sayings and their teachings, and you would put it as a part of their life. Nicodemus has already come to Jesus. He says, hey, you know what? You're my rabbi. You're my teacher. But listen to why. He said, because nobody can do the things that you have done without being sent from God. Can I put it to you a different way? I believe wherever you go, you preach the gospel. And every once in a while, you use words. You ever heard the saying, actions speak louder than words? It's true in 2022. It was true 10 years ago. It was true 30 years ago. And it was true in Jesus' time. Nicodemus comes to Jesus not because of what he was saying, though it was truth, but because of what he was seeing him do. And then Jesus encounters him. Listen to this. This is one of these hard sayings where it's like, what? But listen to what he says. This is picked up in verse 3. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Like, born again? Like, what does that mean? I mean, Nicodemus literally says, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? In which all the mothers says, please no. <laughs> That's not, like, like I didn't even really like it the first time. <laughs> but it was like, how, born again? How, how am I going to be born again? Now, just hang with me because there's two major points to this. Jesus answered, truly, truly I say to you, 
unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And then if you have a paper Bible or if you're electronic, highlight these words. Verse 7, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. See, the, the concept that's there, and one of the first things that we have to understand when we start talking about hard sayings of Jesus, is it's not completely based on your understanding and knowing everything of what he's talking about. It's based on your faith and understanding of the person speaking the words and everything you know about him. See, he uses this illustration about don't marvel. That's where most of us live. We live in a spirit of just marveling. Like we read Jesus' teachings, and we kind of go, wow, that, that's, that's, wow. How, yeah, that, that's really cool. I don't know how I could ever do that. Doesn't, nope, doesn't make sense to me. Wow, that's cool. And we never move past that and get to an understanding. But it's hilarious how we don't marvel over simple things. You know, depending, we're getting ready, you know, we're in March, getting ready to be April, and, you know, March winds bring April showers, and we show up with May, what, flowers? We're like, cool, and we, we don't show up and have these breezes coming by and go, ah, well, what's that breeze doing here? We don't see the wind, but we believe it. We don't know a whole lot about the wind, but we're like, we know it's there. Why? Because we see the effects of it. First thing to ponder have you seen the effects of what Jesus means to somebody when he's a part of their life? Then why do you question it? You don't question the wind because you see the effects of the wind, but yet we see the effects of Christ and we go, yeah, but I don't know if that's true. And that's what he's trying to get Nicodemus to understand when he talks about being born again. He's trying to get him to understand that there is a second birth that has to take place in every single person's life. Yes, you were born once to die. It's called the birth of the flesh. And then you will die eventually. Scripture tells us that the wages of sin is death. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody will die. But what's crazy is, is that when you were born, not only were you born to eventually die, but because of the spiritual side of you, you were also born to live forever. The eternal side, the spiritual side of you will live forever. And we go, what? Let's keep reading. Get a little bit more understanding. Then he says this, verse 9. Nicodemus said to him, probably what you're thinking, how can this be? And Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If you have a paper Bible or electronic, underline these words as well. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how you, can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descends from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whoever believes in him may have eternal life. See, the first hard saying that, that we're dwelling on is this aspect of, of how do I live again? 
Like, Mickey, you don't understand. There's been a time in my life, and I made some decisions, and, you know, like this aspect of being born again, like, what, what does that even mean? Like, like, we don't even like using that word. That, that's kind of a churchy word, right? And one of the words they say, you need to be born again. It's like, what do you mean? How can I be born again? And Jesus was trying to get him to understand that there is something in our life that when we are born, we're missing. Do you know that, that every amazing birthday, the physical birthday of every person, is an amazing celebration, but it's only the first step in the total birthing that God has for every human. Remember the premise? God loves you. God loves everybody. In God, Jesus did not come to condemn but to save. Do you know that every physical birthing that God has in this world is based for one amazing purpose? Because they want there to be a second birth where they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They want there to be a moment where, where they repent and they turn away from their sins and they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It's this aspect where he says, and whoever believes shall have eternal life. But most people you say, well, is most right? Well, I don't know. Almost most. Never hit that step of truly believing in Jesus because they can't get past what it means to accept him. In fact, I, I think most people, the reason why they can't get past the aspect of what it means to accept Christ is because they, they struggle with some of the earthly teachings. I love the scripture. I think it was verse 12 that says, you know what? How can you understand heavenly things if you can't understand the earthly things? In fact, in my notes, I wrote four things that I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you for the next five weeks to grasp four earthly teachings that will help you to understand heavenly things about Jesus leading up to Easter. Are you ready? Four things. You can write these down. Number one, understand God's word. If you can't understand the earthly presence of God's word and start the process of getting into it, then how are you ever going to understand heavenly things and the teachings of Jesus? Number two, start to understand what Jesus means in his word when he says love people. See, most people are really good at loving people that think like they think and do what they do. But if you don't think like I think and do what I do, well, you're no longer not only in my love circle, but now you're my enemy because we're not on the same page. Jesus, again, the premise, loves you, loves everybody, even the ones that rejected him, even the ones that crucified him, even the ones that denounced him, even the ones that spat on his face, even the ones that slapped him, even the guy that was hitting him with the cat of nine tails, every single person he loved, even the one that betrayed him, he loved and desired for them to have a relationship with him. And he never at any point said, you know what, my whole job was to come to this world to condemn you. Because you are a jacked up joker. He said, no, 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 I'm going to come to the world because you're already condemning yourself. And I want to give you, through me, a way to be saved. 
So learn not only to, to get into his word, but learn how to start loving people. The third thing I want you to try to grasp is understanding prayer. Now, we actually, when you leave here, if you go by guest services, you can pick up a prayer guide. It's the greatest tool that we have, a resource, to give you the ability to understand how to pray and when to pray and different types of prayers. Not that you need to leave here and start trying to pray an hour a day because you ain't going to do that. But if you can't understand earthly things, you're never going to grasp heavenly things. If you can't understand earthly things like God's Word, loving people, and prayer, then no wonder we all struggle so much with these bigger concepts of heavenly things. And then the last thing, probably one of the greatest earthly teachings that most people do not understand is generosity. If you can't understand how to leverage your life, your time, your talent, and your treasures for other people's gains and be obedient in God's word and what he's called you to. I promise if you can't understand those four earthly things, you're never going to understand the heavenly things. You're going to live in a spirit of frustration and misunderstanding. But I believe as a starting point, just simply today, that if we focus on those few things, we will be shocked at how quickly the blinders come off and we start experiencing God in a very real way. You say, Mickey, so, so what is it that you are asking us to do? What is it we're going to be doing? Well, we're going to, we're going to go into a little bit more in depth. Like I'm going to hit the pause button. And we're going to go a little bit more in depth and start talking over the next few weeks some of the tough teachings of Jesus that get misunderstood the most. But I wanted you to just have the right, right perspectives. I, I call it the right goggles. Because depending on what you choose to look through will determine the way you see things. If you remember in the 70s, they, they would talk about these rose-colored glasses. You know, and, and now, you know, it's kind of come back and everybody's walking around with the beach and they got rose-colored glasses on. But the cool way is you had these rose-colored tinted glasses. And all of a sudden, when I'm looking at everything and I would put these rose-colored glasses on, everything had a red tint to it. Well, no longer do people use rose-colored glasses, but, you know, in their social media, they have all their different little filters. And you ever noticed how sometimes you look at these filters and you're like, man, these people look good. And then you run into them at the, you know, at the store and you're like, what happened to you? <laughs> like, I saw a picture of you just a few days ago. Are you Okay. My goodness, do you need to talk? Is there somebody that is hurting you? Are you in a dangerous situation? That camera angle, and you run into them at the store, and you're like, yeah. Like, you put on some weight in the last two days. Now, i got to be careful because all of my younger ones right now, this is their worst nightmare. <laughs> They're going, oh, my gosh, is he talking about me? <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm talking about you. No, I'm not. I'm not got anybody in mind. <laughs> but that same approach is how we approach Jesus. See, we try to put filters on to make him be who we want him to be rather than who he is. 
And I think Jesus is up there saying, that's not what I said. But you don't understand, Jesus. If I tell them this is what you said, then, then they're going to think that, you know, like, like you're a bigot. They're going to think that, that you don't love them. They're going to think that you're condemning them. And Jesus said, whoa, 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 hang on. I love you. I love everybody and want everybody, whosoever, that will believe. I want all of them to be saved. And I didn't come to condemn them. I came to save them. So I want us to go on a journey of taking off all the filters that different people have taught and the way we look at Jesus and to look into his word and let what he says be exactly what he said. And the first one is understanding that yes, in this life, he talks about a second birth. That unless you believe in the son of Jesus Christ, you will never be saved. If you're encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.